Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sovereign Projector podcast, a podcast not just for projectors. So good to have you back to be here. So today is um, a fun one. I mean they're all fun. How could we not have fun? Um, But I am like resharing an episode that I recorded with uh, Riley um, who is actually a past student of mine and I'll tell you all a little bit about her in a sec. Uh, she is amazing. And so we had a chat, it was probably like two, three-ish weeks ago, not that long ago. And it came out on her podcast, but I was like, do you know what? Um, it was obviously really good. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I'll put it out here too. I feel like the bros over here at the Sovereign Projector will also learn so much from it, appreciate it. So I hope you enjoy. Um, I had so much fun being interviewed by Riley. You will hear, but like the questions she asks and like, if you've never done an interview or done this kind of thing, um, it's maybe hard to, to hear (laughs) someone who's really like just asks incredible questions and like is a really incredible interviewer. Um, but just like listen to how she formulates questions and like guides the conversation she has well she is a Gemini sun and we also spoke um after the episode and and her Mercury is also also in Gemini and I just had a feeling as we were talking I was like I feel like you have some strong Gemini energy because there just is that gift of really getting the most information out of someone and you know I said like it this interview really felt like a therapy session right or or like um just really a chance to explore myself and um, everything that I have been experiencing and thinking about and wanting to share lately. So things that we talk about, um, well, really you'll hear, but we talk a lot about surrender. We talk a lot about surrender, um, releasing control. We talk about traveling um, and how that has contributed to my deconditioning journey. Um, we talk about working with desire. Um, we talk about uh, like reconnecting to your wild woman and what that really means versus like how that's sort of maybe being framed or the stories that have been told about it um in the spiritual world and how we I have been like reclaiming um womanhood for myself and what that really means and represents to me um we talk a lot about like dismantling identities that we take on um and how identities that we take on create these like rules that then prevent us from being ourselves. So yeah, it's a really fun conversation. Um, So Riley is a woman's rewilding coach. Uh, She lives in Hawaii, which I'm so jealous of, and she has all kinds of amazing offerings. Um, And like I said, she's a past student of mine, so she offers human design readings, Um, obviously from this perspective of like reconnecting to your wild feminine, um, your inner wild woman, which I just think is amazing. one thing that I speak about with all my students and I'm sure I've spoken about here many times is that human design because it's not like yes it is its own practice but it's also really just the study of what it means to be a human and so it is a complement to literally everything (laughs) you know like it's um it it complements so many different areas of work and healing and expansion and all the things so beautifully and obviously like reconnecting to your wild woman is so much about like reconnecting to your intuition and your body and feeling safe and comfortable in a feminine body um 
And so I think it goes well, beautifully together, that work. So if you want to um, check out Riley, uh, see what she's up to, um, I'm going to link all her links in the show notes. And then I will also link all my links in the show notes. So at the moment, um, I am getting ready to record a brand new module for my signature, signature of success program, which is a program that essentially like um, encapsulates everything that I like all the questions that I get asked from my projector clients when we do one-on-ones about business marketing um, and doing these things, money and stuff from a projector perspective. I was like, okay, cool. It would just be more efficient for me to find a way to chuck all of this um, info into one space instead of like going over the same things again and again with every projector client. And this way, like they can get uh, way more information um, than we could possibly ever cover in one 60 minute session. So um, because of my own expansion um, in the last like four or five months since I recorded uh those first few modules live back in March, it was, we did the the two-day workshop. I was like, I, f- I felt a little, uh, little, little tap from the signature of success being like, yo, it's time to update me. Um, so we're going to be, I'm going to be recording a brand new 60 minute module. That's going to go deeper into starting from desire, um, working with organic manifestation, organic money from a projector perspective. Um, we'll go deeper into like creative marketing and leading from like desire-based marketing um, as a projector, all the things, right? <clears throat> so that is going to be recorded live on October 7. And so if you sign up, if you join the Signature of Success Anytime between now and October 6th, you're going to get obviously like all the modules that are already recorded in there and you'll be invited to come live to the new module. Um, And I'm not sure. I think I'll probably close it for a while um, after recording the new module. So if you do, if you have been wanting to get in there, do it now, um, basically, because then you get to come live and you'll get to ask questions and you'll get to like be with other projectors because what a vibe. So that's all I've got open at the moment. Um, other, otherwise, like just um, one-on-one sessions, obviously, but um, that is it. So that'll be linked in the show notes. I hope you are all having a really good day um, or evening, whatever. Um, I hope you enjoy my chat with Riley. Let either of us know if you listen, what you vibe with, maybe what you don't. Um, and of course, like if you do enjoy the podcast, just chuck me five stars, you know, write, write a couple of nice little words wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, because why not? Like what, what do you have to lose? You could make my day. Um, and yeah, but of course, if you have nothing nice to say, just say nothing at all. Anyway, cool. Um, have a great day and enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wild Woman Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Hedberg, and we have another special guest on the show, Heather Mann, coming all the way from Australia. Yay! Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You're my my second Australian on the show. Oh, who who else did you have? Um, I had a lovely um, woman named Tara on the show. If you're listening to this, shout out to you, Tara. I forget where she said she was from. 
I'll have to look okay. at that. Um, because there's so many places oh. in Australia. Um Australia is a massive place. <laughs> it is yeah, from what I I've never been there, but yeah, it, it it appears to be massive just like the US. Um but yeah, she she's a really cool woman. Um so yay, another Australian. Woo! And so this is a question that I ask everybody on the show. So how do you embody your wild woman self? Oh, what? That's a big question to get started. <laughs> yeah, usually people are like, um, what? But it, it gets us into to some juicy stuff. So I just I throw it out there and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. And it's funny because like this is a lot of what I've been thinking about lately, actually, because like. I think I used to think that like that wild woman self had to look a particular way, you know, and it was about these like things that you do, whether that's like, you know, skinny dipping in some nature thing or like dirty dancing or like, you know, whatever, whatever these ideas we conceptualize of like things that you do equals like, this is my wild woman. <clears throat> and so maybe if you'd asked me like a few months ago, it would have been a very different answer, but I think for now it's that like like my wild woman my like inner feminine like is just that like little tug of your heart like that like listening to that little piece in your heart that's like saying I want this right now or I don't want this right now and it's like having that courage to listen to that and follow that even when you have like all these different voices in your head being like oh you shouldn't do that or like that's not like what um, how like a woman should behave or mm. um, even down to like like what I was talking about like the conditioning of like no if you want to be wild you have to do it this very specific like way but maybe like my wild woman this morning wants to just like sit on the couch and sip a cup of tea maybe one day she does want to go naked bathing like in the forest you know like it's just like listening to you and her and like again like having like having the strength to like ignore everybody else's ideas of what it's supposed to look like and following that mm. um so hopefully that, <laughs> answer. that was beautiful that was amazing one thing I love is that everybody has different answers and it's all exactly what we we listeners included need to hear and one thing I love that you touched on was that it's it's something that's alive, right? Like you were even talking about months ago, this would have felt so different to me. And now, you know, the way I embody this is completely different, even in the morning, like from day to day, it looks so different. And I really love that. Like so many, I think, you know, people that are listening, this even happens in myself. It's like, we can get caught up on like these labels or like how we should be right. Like the should and the have, um, you know, like, oh, if I'm a wild woman, then I have to look this way or I have to act this way. And I see this a lot with like the spiritual community in general, like just being dogmatic. But that like puts us in a box, right? It's like we're trying to connect with our wild woman self and break free. But then at the same time, we're, like putting another box on ourselves and it's like I'm trying to break free, but then I'm I'm constricting myself more. So I, I love that, right? Because it's so fluid. We're so fluid. Yeah. And this is like, this is like the magic of the feminine. This is like, because it's not like, like we desire, like 
everything. Like we want to like taste from the smorgasbord of life. And like that will like look like you said, like different ways every day. And I love what you said about that. Like, yeah, like in the spiritual community, often like what we'll do, like we think we're like rebelling against society, you know, like breaking the norms and breaking taboos and da, 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 da. But then you just get indoctrinated. If you're not, you know, if you're not aware of it, like you can get indoctrinated into a whole new form of like, um, yeah, boxes, exactly what you said. Like, I'm a wild woman, so I dress like this. I speak like this. I behave like this. I respond like this to my partner. I, you know, I want these specific things. Um, or, yeah, like, I'm a meditator, so I do these specific things. I'm a peaceful person, so I never, like, have an argument or whatever it is. You know, again, we fall into these, like, very specific, like, we're looking for that safety of identity. Like, human nature is we want to be known we want to be seen we want to be recognized um and the easiest way to do that is to find like our identity right it's like it starts in high school where it's like am I with the goths am I with the sporty people am I with like the pretty girls you know and it's just like the modern day version of that like the spiritual version of that is like where do I fit in? How do I define myself? What's my like neat little label so people know who I am and understand me and get me and I feel seen and recognized, you know? Mm, mm, that's so interesting and I never thought about it that way. And one thing that was kind of coming up as you were talking, like I've definitely seen this in myself, um, like as I've been on my journey, like especially when I first got into it, I was like, I have to be this way and this way. And, and I was like really hard on myself. Um, but, you know, sometimes I feel like I would love to know what you think about this, actually, before I give my input. Like, why do you think that we do put labels on ourselves? Um, you know, or we like sometimes, you know, maybe we don't like to put ourselves in boxes, but we do like we we humans love to label and categorize things. And I'm curious, like, what do you see from that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Yeah. And I'm also excited to hear what you, what your thoughts on it are. Um, I guess I can do it from like my perspective. And yeah, much like you, like I'm not like I'm saying these things about the spiritual community because I fell into these traps of like following these rules and like putting these identities on myself and like wearing it as like a badge of honor, you know, that I think we can and we all do this <laughs> when we first start. Is that like that's what I was going to say too? I'm like, it's like a rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely oh my god so if you feel like we're like calling you out I'm like we've no. been there don't worry everybody um, does it <laughs> yeah exactly you know um so okay I'm trying to remember your question oh why why we like to label ourselves yeah okay so for me from my perspective why I want that label or like why I'm searching for that is because like it's kind of like what I was getting at before is that like attention feels good and so like and like people knowing you feels really good like when you have a relationship with someone um, whether that's a friendship like a romantic thing like a flirtation like a family member them knowing and understanding you feels really good and so I like I, the the things that are coming to mind is like when people like friends or whatever would be like okay cool Heather's into like astrology tarot that kind of stuff 
So when they will like send me a picture of like tarot cards they thought I might like or something, because they've in that head, their head made that correlation of like, Heather likes witchy shit. This is a witchy thing. This made me think of her. Then you get to know like this person at some level is trying to understand me. Mm. And so I think we feel, and this is just one very specific way of looking at it, but I think we often feel that like, rather than letting people know that wild heart that's ever in flux, that someday is going to like the tarot cards and someday is going to like, like leather pants and like whips and chains or whatever, right? We, we create these like identities so people can more easily feel like they can know us, understand us, so we can get that little hit of being understood without having to show our full hearts, you know, without mm. that vulnerability of like ever in flux person. Mm. Um, so that was a really good question. I don't think I've ever explained it like that before, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. That is something I didn't really think about, but yeah, like I suppose in a way it kind of helps. I just think about it in my perspective because that's like the only perspective I can is, yeah, it's just feeling more connected. But then at the same time, like also being like, oh, does this person actually know who I am if I'm not really being vulnerable and showing my full self? One thing I was thinking of was just like fear, right? It's like, you know, I do feel like we humans are, I was literally just talking about this this morning. Like we're always in flux, right? Like things are always changing, you know, like the seasons are always changing. The winds, you know, they're always bringing about change. Like we, nothing ever stays the same. And it's like you were saying, we can find some comfort in like pretending that we know ourselves and that we know other people and that other people know us. And for me, I guess I think about like feeling a lot of fear sometimes about like not really, you know, knowing who I am or like always changing. And so like putting those labels and being able to categorize, I'm like, I can create meaning from this. And from this meaning, I can feel safe and comfortable and other people can feel comfortable because they can know who I am. So yeah, it's just so interesting. I was like, wow, I feel like, yeah, in a sense, it's like, and even what you were saying, like afraid to be vulnerable or to really like show our full selves or our, our bleeding hearts. I love that. And I think it's so true. Like, I wonder if there's anybody out there that actually is like fully open. I don't know. <laughs> Hit us up. Sure. <laughs> if you feel like you're that person. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that's like the goal, isn't it? To be like so comfortable with yourself in any given moment that you can express, you know, fully who you are inside outwardly to be that like, um, you know, we, we say like your external world is a, re is a reflection of your inner, but like what if like you were so like embodied in your inner self at any given moment, then your external reality would naturally like match up with who you truly are. Like, I think that's like the key, right? Um, but yeah. yeah, what else was coming up? When you oh yeah, just the idea of like seasonality, right? We are ever in flux and like all humans, we're a reflection of nature. So like when we, I'm like, we, <clears throat> that's the thing is that like, we have to hold ourselves accountable for how we hold other people back from their change, from their expression mm. too. Because like, I've so many times, said to a friend like this doesn't seem like, like you like oh you know like I, I 
I'm careful not to do it now because I know how frustrating it is when people say that to me, say things like, this isn't the Heather I know, you know, but we do that to each other because like you said, it's that fear. We want to think we know someone. Um, and so we put them in labels and we say like, okay, yes, like Monique will do this, but she won't do that. And I know that for sure. And I can rely on that. That's something stable and consistent in this ever-changing world that I can't predict. And then Monique goes and does that thing that she said, you said, you both knew she would never do. And your whole world is like in turmoil, turmoil <laughs> and your friendship is, oh my God, you know, I can't rely on anything, you know? So exactly. There's so much fear around like change. Um, but like, if we want that grace to change, we have to give that same grace to our people as well. So yeah, I love what you said. Uh, I love that. I love how you describe that. And it's so true. And I think it comes back to like trying to, yeah, control things in a world that we literally have no control over and just trying to feel like we do have some control over. And I totally like I am like I did definitely do that. Like I've been trying to work on it, too. But yeah, controlling, especially like my partner and like I know what's best for you. I see this. I used to do that with my family all the time, especially when I was getting on my spiritual journey. I'm like, you guys, I'm learning all this new wisdom. And how do you guys not know this? So it's really been in like an act of surrendering. Yeah. And just knowing that everybody is on their own journey and like we're here to really support each other, but not in a way that, yeah, is like kind of trying to control them so that we can feel more comfortable, which I'd say is is a hard thing to do, honestly. Um for a lot of us, right? So, yeah, I'm curious, like, you know, how you've been able to kind of transform this in your life, because you kind of said, um, as you were talking, like, oh, I, you know, I, I did have more of a difficult time with this, but I've kind of transformed this a little bit. So I think some of our listeners would probably be curious how they can kind of do this with themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so when it comes to the spiritual dogma in general, I'll start there. Um, and people should probably know I have four planets in Scorpio. Um, I don't do anything by halves. I'm a very extreme person. So <laughs> when I first started, <laughs> so you don't have to go this extreme. Um, but when I first started seeing and noticing these like restrictions that I placed on myself because of like spiritual conditioning um I threw everything out like I like for like it was probably like six months in the end but at first I said like three months I was like I'm not gonna meditate I'm not gonna eat healthy I'm not gonna like do any journaling I'm not gonna like sit in moon circles I'm not gonna like pull my tarot I'm not gonna do anything like I just got rid of absolutely every practice that I thought made me who I was that I thought I needed to like maintain a certain level of like well-being mm -hmm. and I will caveat that to say that like I've been I'd been doing this stuff for like five six years by that stage and there was a time when like literally to deal with my anxiety I did need these things but I definitely reached a point <clears throat> where I didn't, but I thought I did. So I threw everything mm. out. I turned into like what I label as the world's most like, like the, the baddest 
just um like spiritual teacher in the world you know I like let myself like party again like stay up until 3 4 a.m like drinking going to clubs smashing burgers at like 2 a.m on a roadside like having one night stands like just being like bad at spirituality essentially and just noticed that there was like still so much joy and peace and like divinity available in these things that maybe get labeled as like low vibe or like you know whatever it is like not as spiritual as certain other practices um and it was this like deconditioning process like a hundred percent of like that I could <clears throat> that I could be like still a human you know like I'm in my late 20s like I'm I'm still young I'm single like I'm allowed to like party and have fun and then still be this like have this deep rich spiritual life um that like fulfills me in two very different ways um so it was really just like I guess like a lessening of the shackles um another thing that I did was just like I think we can get so obsessed with like reading spiritual self-help books all the time. So for that six month period, I was like, I'm deciding I'm good. I don't need another 12,000 books telling me another 12,000 practices or things I need to fix. Um, so I read like, you know, the Bridgerton series, like trashy romance. Love that series. Instead. So good. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, and, and that's awesome. Whereas like before this, I would be like, why would I waste my time like reading these trashy books, you know, like having any fun essentially. Um, so yeah, it was just like a getting rid of everything so that I could get to more of like a blank slate. And then I could add back in the practices that I felt like naturally drawn towards instead mm. of the practices that I thought I had to do because someone else had told me or some book had told me or like some podcast had told me or even just that I'd been doing it for so long that I thought I needed it to be okay. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And like, as you were talking about getting rid of all that stuff, I was like, there's a part of me that was like, ah, and then I realized, wow, I think I'm using some of my practices as a crutch. Honestly, like I was like, oh my God, who would I be without those things? And like, then like I'm realizing, oh, maybe my identity is kind of like tied to me being a spiritual person and like, who am I if I wasn't, you know, it's like underneath all of that stuff, um, which, yeah, it's just like opening a lot in my mind. So thank you for that. But, and I also want to say too, like in human design, I have a gate of extreme. So I definitely get like the extreme kind of thing, like going from one thing to the next. And I definitely see that in myself, just like literally getting rid of like everything or like whenever I like try like a new way of eating, I'll be like, okay, I'm just literally going to like flip this, like flip a switch. And I enjoy doing it. Um, One thing that I'm curious about is like when you first started doing this, right? Like when you're like, I'm going to you know, not have any of the practices that I I had, like, was it difficult for you? Or did you kind of? Yeah, I'm not going to put words into your Mm. mouth. But what came up for you? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is yeah, another really good question. Um, So it would have been when I first kind of started going all into it would have been when I was traveling. 
um, at last year, actually, when I was traveling Australia. And so I think what really helped was being out of my everyday routine, like being out of my home where, you know, when you're at home and you have like your setup, you have your routines, like you have like your kitchen with like the specific food that you eat and all of that stuff. So I think it would have been a lot harder if I tried to do this still like in the same space where I've built this like, you know, sacred like temple to all my practices and like that spiritual identity. Um, which again, like I still connect to so deeply now, just in a very different way. Um, but being out of that really helped because I, you know, when you travel, you, you try on different flavors of yourself. So I think this was just that I just saw it as like, I'm trying on maybe like the, the 21, 22 year old version of self that I maybe didn't get to play with so much because I was in like a committed relationship at the time and then after that ended I went straight into my like spiritual wholesome good girl phase so I just saw this as more like experimenting with like okay what's like bad 21 22 year old Heather like like let's see what she wants to do um so yeah (laughs) I love that oh my gosh that's amazing and it sounds to me like it you know I love because I feel like you talk about experimenting a lot right like just you know, nothing is wrong, nothing is right. It's just like going out there and, you know, doing what feels good in the moment, Um, which I think to me, like, it sounds so freeing and liberating. And you're like allowed to know yourself on a deeper level rather than just being like, okay, I have to be this person. Like I'm this spiritual person or like I'm this good girl, wholesome person, (laughs) or, you know, I'm this person in a committed relationship. Um, Yeah, I think that that's really great. And I think that, you know, everybody that's listening, it's important, right, to like really question like, oh, am I attached to an identity that I have about myself, right? Like, am I telling myself I have to be this way? I should be this way. Or because I have this label, like I can't act in a certain way that maybe I desire to. Um, And I feel like desire Mm -hmm. is a big thing, right? Like listening to like that call of your heart, like that pull, like where you want to go. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit or, you know, like how that shows up for you, if you've had any like conditioning around that, because I think that's a big piece to play too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. This is such a fun thing to talk about. I mean, because like, you know, I mean, going back to the very first question you asked, like, how do you honor or how do you listen to, or how do you embody your wild woman? Right. And I think like, yeah, like that that wild woman, like within us, she has desires, right? Like that word is so deeply feminine to me, like both longing and desires. And to me, like one feeds into the other. And we as women are often taught to like repress and like silence our longing and our desires because we don't want to be too much. We don't want to ask for too much. We don't want to like scare people off like I just think like that that heart that we have inside of us is so big and there's been experiences in all of our lives where someone whether that was a parent a past partner a friend a school teacher whoever was like you're a lot you're too much Mm. and so or like especially parents that are like you know you ask for too much I give and I give and I give and we're like Um, but learn to like silence and like you know those 
that deeply innate part of you that has such strong desires gets repressed. We learn to silence it. And so something that I've been working with, and this is actually really recent, this is only in the past like few months or so, um, since I was traveling again, is like letting myself long for things, like because there's so much power in our longing. And like when I talk about longing, I'm talking about that sensation of like, I can't have that thing anymore, or I don't have that thing anymore, or I I don't have that thing right now and I want it so bad that I could like literally throw a hissy fit like a four-year-old in a grocery store and I want it and like come to me right but just like if, if people listening like start to feel yourself like what happens when you feel that it's like instead of repressing that like what I will do is go into that like let myself feel that longing because right inside of that longing lies your desire like inside of that longing there is something that your heart is calling for so for example okay let's say and I've used this example before but like let's say you have this like longing for like your friend's husband like let's just say right and so that's something that's like really naughty and like if those thoughts came up we would like repress it repress it smash it down right don't want to see that don't want to look at that I'm a good girlfriend I would never you know blah 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 blah, (laughs) all these things but it's like okay what if you like honored that like what if you just like saw that felt that and then after you're done like letting yourself go into that for a moment knowing like logically of course you're not going to make moves on your friend's husband that's not what this is about And then it's like, okay, what does he represent that some part in me is desiring, like whether that's something I'm desiring that I wish my partner would embody or that I wish I had in my life or whatever it is. Because maybe it's like he buys her flowers every Thursday, right? And it's that simple. Like maybe it's just something in him and you can like get little clues as to what you're actually desiring by moving into oftentimes those things that we push down and we're like no good girls don't want those things I can't ask for too much blah 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 so that's how I've been playing with like desire lately hopefully that answers your question but like (laughs) it it definitely answers my question and I think a lot of women that are listening to this are going to resonate with that like I see this, you know, like we all have desires, right? And I think that's great and that's beautiful, but you're right. Like we've been taught that it's bad to desire things like, and even women, I think about, you know, like how as women, like being desirable is like a bad thing, you know, like by men, it's like, oh, women are desirable and that's evil or it's taking away from the purity of the world or you know like I just think about that and there's so many different roads to go down this but I feel like a big component is just like feeling shameful and like you were saying you know with the example of um you know finding your friend's husband attractive um or desiring him like yeah there's like a part of us that is kind of like policing that and is like, no, that's bad. Like you're a bad person. How could you think, how could you think like that? You're a bad friend, but yeah, it's so true. It's kind of just like, I feel like the way through it is like not suppressing it. It's anything. And I feel like it's kind of like the same with like our shadow selves, right? It's just kind of going in there and exploring and just like accepting it for what it is and knowing that I'm still a, an awesome person, even though I have these desires, like, it doesn't have to be so black and white, right? Like, 
this is a bad desire. This is a good desire. It's just like all desires, you know, it just like is what it is. And I loved what you said about going like a step further and being like, what does he symbolize? Right? Like, what am I not getting in my life or like in my relationship that I secretly, cause I feel like sometimes desires can be like this secret thing, like a secret wish where we're like, Ooh, I actually want this, but I tell myself I don't. Um, and yeah, like I, I love that piece. Um, cause that's something that I didn't really think about. It's like, yeah, actually exploring that even further. Um, and then like, yeah, how can I create this in my own life? Like, how can I create this desire for myself or like, talk to my partner or like maybe it's like buying myself flowers because like that's what I want every Thursday. Um, so I feel like with that, it's like teaching us like what you said to take the power back for ourselves by exploring our desires, right? Instead of being like, oh, I feel bad and so I'm not going to do anything about it. And then it just like builds up and then we feel even worse about ourselves. And then we're putting our power into like all of these external things instead of just yeah claiming that back so interesting as I'm talking I'm like figuring this out in my head I'm like oh I'm like okay I know I'm like watching your brain move (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's why I'm like looking up I know you guys listeners can't see me but I'm like looking up because I'm like looking up into my brain to like figure out how I'm like working this out my mind (laughs) yeah you're I absolutely do. It's so funny. Yeah, because, you know, I knew I work with a lot of desire too, like in the offerings that I have and in within myself, but it's what you're saying is like a, a new way for me to like explore it and look at it. So, and for the listeners too, I think you're blowing a lot of their minds, which is awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. That's what I'm here. Yay. Yeah, cross of the unexpected. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, <laughs> nice. Love that um yeah that was really beautiful so I guess one thing I I kind of wanted to talk about too is um you know travel it seems like has been like a huge thing for you and I've listened to your podcast and followed your journey just like about traveling and it seems like it's opened something up for you and I know you just came back from like I think three months of travel you said yeah um exactly So I'm curious, like how, you know, this topic of like desire and of kind of releasing like the haves and the shoulds of like what a spiritual person is or like the labels that you have for yourself, like how this kind of showed up in your journey or even like lessons learned throughout your traveling journey. Awesome. Yeah, I I think that like exactly what we've spoken about was like the well, one of the big like underlying themes of my trip um because like I went into this trip I was only supposed to go away for six weeks um and it was supposed to be like a very wholesome you know not necessarily retreats but like fruits you know like going to Asia like fruit bowls and like um you know hanging out with maybe spiritual people maybe I would do like a yoga retreat like I was going to work the whole time all of these things and it was just like that was never supposed to be the trip I had like literally like within two weeks like the people that I met were like the opposite to like and it's like again we get this idea in the spiritual community of like oh it's only really cool to like hang out with other spiritual people because then you'll have something to talk about and it's like the people that I ended up like meeting in Cambodia which was my first stop 
you know, they were like more the partying and like, but we were still having these like deep, intense conversations about life, which is like what my um, Sagittarius placements need. Um, so it was like, it wasn't like, you know, it was just like really shallow all the time. But anyway, so it just ended up being that. And then like my laptop broke, so I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all these just like things kept happening where it was like, yeah, this is not a wholesome good girl yoga trip. Like you are supposed to just like play and like move into that more um, surrender. Like that's literally what it was. And so that word is travel to me. Like my sister and I, so we did a lot of the trip together. And this is like something that we talk about all the time. Like we were raised by a mother who is quadruple Virgo, like the most controlling, like, you know, she's, like of that generation of women that is just like really repressed in their desire mm. and is like no as long as I'm serving the family like I'm fine mm. um and Colleen and I my sister like we we really spoke about like if we hadn't traveled like we would be that same like hyper controlling but it's like in travel especially the type that I like to do which is that more like adventurous like not knowing where you're gonna sleep that night like just like kind of letting it up to the universe, seeing who you meet, like on a shoestring, like all of these things, it's like, you can't help but surrender. Like you literally have no choice. Like the number of times I like check Google maps like 10 times, like, yeah, the bus is coming this time on this day. And then I turn up to the bus station and it's like, I don't speak the language. And Mm -hmm. someone's like, no, the bus is not coming. And you're like, why? And you're like, (laughs) it's just not coming. I'm like, and you just have to surrender oh you just God. have to trust and then like nine times out of ten this random person will be like okay yes the direct bus isn't coming but if you go here and then you can't get this connection and then you swap here and you change here and you like write it all down for me <laughs> and you figure out getting to where you need to go or you just like you weren't supposed to leave that place you know it's it's just like mm-hmm. trusting like like when I was meant to be flying from Sri Lanka to Turkey to meet up with my sister just the middle of the night I went to the check-in desk it was 3 a.m my flight was meant to be at 4 30 I was like you know handed them my passport as you do they're like we can't let you on the flight I'm like okay oh my God. why and like they didn't speak very good English and like I obviously didn't speak like Sinhalese like Sri Lankan and like they were like, you need to call this call center. So it's like 3 a.m. The call center's closed. I'm trying to figure out what is going on with my flight. Um, and I wasn't able to get on the flight. And so I ended up oh having God. to like call my sister at her She's already on the way to Turkey. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be there when you land. I don't know what's happening. Um, and at the end of the day, I just ended up having to like book a random like last minute flight to Greece because I couldn't. <laughs> because of everything that was happening in Sri Lanka at the time, my host used the last of his petrol. Like they have like a huge fuel shortage at the moment. Oh. He used the last of his petrol to get me to the airport. So I was like, can you come pick me up? Oh. He's like, I'm so sorry. I don't have any petrol. <laughs> oh my but, God. Like I surrendered. I was like, okay, I'm clearly not meant to go to Turkey. And my sister and I ended up meeting up in Greece and having the best trip ever. And it was like clearly what was meant to happen, you know? So it's just this like, again and again, you just learn like, yes, we can like obviously have like a deep influence on our life and the direction it goes, 
But at the end of the day, we're not in charge. Like there is something higher that's like, this is the experience you need to have. And I'm going to place roadblocks in your way, <laughs> in your journey, so that you just get diverted <laughs> to the experience. No matter how much my human is like, no, but I want to go to Turkey and I want to see these things. And I want to do like the hot air ballooning and like, all you know, you have this image in your head. Um, so it's just been that over and over. And like, I'm not going to say that I'm like the least control issue person ever, but travel is just like that reminder that like full body reminder I think like I'm not in control and that's okay and that's safe and I'll still be taken care of Mm. Mm. I love that wow yeah and surrender is like a big thing I've been trying to work at personally in my life um and I'm curious like you know was it sounded like yeah you had like a lot of these lessons come up for you during your journey Um, and how did you move through that? Like, was it easy in like easier, like kind of later on when you had already felt like you had to like maybe learn these lessons a few times, or did you ever feel like so much resistance in trying to like force it to be another way or yeah, like, because I'm, you know, I'm sure people are listening and they're like, okay, that's all great. Surrender's awesome. But like, how do I, how do I do that? (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well I think especially as women like we like to be in control because in in this world we don't feel safe right Mm, like yeah have to be in control there's so many like risks involved with literally just walking out into the world being a woman and so we Mm -hmm. feel like the more control I exert over myself my environment um how my day goes what my partner's up to like you know even just like my day-to-day life, like my eating, all of these things, then we get that some sort of sense of safety. So what we're really craving is not control, we're craving safety. Um, Mm. And so for me, it's more about like, okay, how can I cultivate an inner sense of safety um, so that I can feel more comfortable, like trusting when a stranger says, oh, you need to get here, I'll show you, I'll show you, you know, like things like that. And that, of course, comes down to like trusting your intuition and your gut feelings about people as well. Like all those things like, God, what like how do you cultivate a sense of inner safety? I would say like trusting yourself like that's like the number one thing, like because when you trust yourself, you're going to be like, okay, cool. This is a situation where I feel like I can surrender. Right. Where I feel like I'm safe to let go and trust that like other people, the universe, whoever will take me where I need to be. Versus like, okay, this is a situation where I do not trust who and what is around me. So I do need to be a bit more in control, right? Tell that difference between circumstances. Um, And the other part for developing a sense of inner safety that will then lead you to feel safe to surrender, like it's all kind of connected, is like finding your voice, like learning how to speak up for yourself and like advocate for yourself because... Mm a reason a lot of us women don't feel safe is because we feel like if we get ourselves into a situation where we're not safe, we're not able to say no, we're not able to say, leave me alone. We're not able to say like, I've got it. Like, you know, whatever it is, or to say like, I don't want that, or I do want that, right? Like change it for me, whatever it is. And so if we can um, become our own like protector, our own like advocate, all of these things, then your body like 
you will trust yourself, your body will trust your voice to be able to provide that safety where it means that you as a person can like be more surrendered to whatever comes up in your life. Like when life presents you with a circumstance and it feels big, it feels too big, it feels tricky, right? And you're like, no, I can't handle it. If you've cultivated that inner sense of safety and I can stand up for myself, that's where you can remind yourself, no, I've faced way harder things than this. Um, And so I can just like let go. I don't have to control all that stuff. And then the other part of your question, I think, was did it get easier (laughs) as I went along? Um, (laughs) That's a really good question. I'm trying to think. I think, yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. I think so. Like as I like moved through that process of like, cultivating that sense of like inner fire you know that like that like part of me that can um be like yeah I don't want to do that today you know like no or like "Mm, I actually really want to have that experience today whatever it is uh then whatever was thrown at me I was like okay um that doesn't mean that there weren't like situations where I was like I'm miserable I hate this blah 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 like I'm thinking of of the example where like so my sister and our friend and myself decided to cross the border from Israel into Egypt like you can just like walk across the border basically we're like we'd be silly not to um unfortunately like our friend like he spoke Arabic like he was just like in control right and so I was like at this stage I was just like I'm so surrendered. You take care of everything. Um, I trust you completely, right? It was a lot about just like trusting the masculine to take care so I could just have a really nice time. Um, But it was so full on. Like the difference literally between like walking across the border from Israel, which was just like peaceful and regular and whatever, into Egypt. Egypt was chaotic immediately and my whole body went tense. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. And there's like taxi drivers like grabbing at you, like, come in my cab. No, come in my cab. I give you a good price. I give you better price. And like, as much as I was just like, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. They were still like grabbing me and my sister, you know, like, no, come with us. Um, And I was like, Nave is in charge. But yeah, so I was just like, I want to go home, like almost cracking that hissy fit of like, I don't Mm. feel in control. Like I literally was so close to getting like just walking straight back across the border and getting out and it wasn't until probably like a day later where I was like sitting on the beach like (laughs) in Sinai like having my scramble like my my omelet um I was like okay I'm so glad I came here I'm so glad I like didn't like crack a hissy fit and try and control my circumstances and like get back so it's like you still like I was still like having those lessons of like if you Mm. just let go you'll get to where you need to be like yes there will be moments of chaos, right? It's like a representation of life. Like Mm. there will be those moments where it feels so hard and like everyone's pulling you in 10 different directions, literally. Mm. But like, if you just trust, you will eventually get to where you need to be. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I really feel like too, like chaos is, I think so many, so much of us, like when chaos is going on in our lives, like when things don't feel out of our control, we feel like something's wrong in my life. Or, you know, like something feels off and like, I need to fix this right now because I only want to feel good and peaceful and woohoo. Because yeah. this is something I've had to learn. And I feel like 
chaos is it's perfectly normal it's like something that happens you know um like through chaos there is creation right i really like feel like that's so true um and i really love that like sometimes you have to move through that right and you have to move through like feeling uncomfortable in order to be able to have an omelet the next day um and really (laughs) metaphorically speaking and literally um but yeah one so like it sounds like it's a big thing in your body right like you feel that in your body um and yeah I guess um I was just thinking like for me something that's helped me is because I feel like there can be like a lot of trauma in our nervous systems and I think about like our ancestral lineage and obviously there's so much trauma like in the feminine and like the way women have been treated and are still treated to this day. Um, so like, did you have to do a lot of like healing within your nervous system and your body to be able to really cultivate that safety? Like, do you feel like this has been kind of a practice that you've been, um, implementing? A hundred percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, like I said, like the, um, I think that our nervous systems as women is very like representative of our mothers, right? We, our mother's nervous system, like we literally spend our first nine months of life, like inside her body, like feeling her nervous system firsthand. And it really like creates how our body responds to fear. And my mom, like, you know, she's the best. I love her. And she doesn't do well with stress she goes into that like shutdown mode and so that was a lot of like my early experience was like if stresses came up if that chaos came up which I love what you said about like the chaos being what leads to creation that's beautiful I completely echo that um so whenever that chaos would come up anything that like my body my nervous system perceived as different essentially than like the peaceful solo existence that I've had it's like you know just that saying which is so true which is like it's so easy to be peaceful when you're sitting alone on a mountaintop like that was like me right I was like yeah I'm so zen I'm so peaceful but like it's because I was like always alone (laughs) right always in my little zen state (laughs) I definitely agree with that yeah it's so true (laughs) Like I live alone in the middle of a jungle on a remote island. I'm like, yeah, it is easy. But then when I go back to the mainland, I'm like, oh my God, like this is where the real challenge begins. Honestly, like when you're in it. The work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, absolutely. Like it was then as I was like, okay, I'm a little bit sick of like being in my metaphorical jungle kind of thing I'm ready to like move back out into the world um and that you know required that like yeah I you know doing that like nervous system healing of just like literally reprogramming the nervous system with how it responds to stress and like you know that has looked a lot for me like working with um different healers and like mentors like I've had some ridiculously incredible I just feel so lucky like that the teachers that I've had are phenomenal um and then also like playing my own role in that in that like as I move through the world um noticing when my body goes into that shutdown mode that was that like again conditioned stress response from my own mother's nervous system and choosing to open instead 
you know, like when someone says something that um, that felt like a bit too deep, a bit too personal, and I was like, mm, I don't want to go there, right? Feeling those sensations in my body and just like having grace with yourself because it's like, of course, your nervous system is responding like that. It's okay. And then making that decision to open instead and like doing that enough times where it becomes more the norm than the shutdown. Like the shutdown starts to be a more extreme response. And the more normal mm. thing is like shoulders back, like heart open, like I'm feeling a lot right now and that's okay. You know, I'm safe to feel a lot right now. Um, so, so that, yeah, I could even be at a point where there is that like sense of trust in myself, my surroundings and the people around me to be able to, yeah, uh, like live that state of surrender that feels so good when you actually let yourself do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, a big piece that I got from when I was listening to you is yeah just kind of accepting like what's going on and like willing to sit with that and like go to that instead of just being like "Ooh, this is uncomfortable I think I'm just gonna like deflect this away from myself or not be in you know this experience or like disassociate from whatever I'm feeling inside because it's not the peaceful thing that we want to feel um so yeah I definitely see that it's like yeah. And it's kind of just like almost like rewiring our nervous system like you were talking about. Like, you know, I really do feel like everything is is a practice. And the cool thing is, like, you know, you were saying, like, the more that you were able to, you know, open up and really feel your experience, like it just became something that was more natural than just shutting down. Um, and I think that's so great because we all have the ability to do that for ourselves. Right. Like we all have. um the ability to, if we want to, open up to new experiences that are sometimes uncomfortable so that we can, you know, go to those deeper parts of ourselves and with others as well. Um, so I think that that's such a great reminder. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I have one last question because I know we're getting to our time before you you share a little bit about your offerings. Um yeah, I'm wondering if you have any pieces of wisdom that you want to offer to like any women that are like, I want to go travel by myself or like, you know, go on an adventure, but I'm kind of afraid to do so. Because um, I know, you know, a lot of people have words to always say to women who want to do solo traveling. Um, so, yeah, I'm wondering if you have anything to offer some of them. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay, the first thing I will say is the world is not as scary as a place as you've been told. The most, I have traveled to some places where people are like, you went there alone, right? And the scariest place I've ever traveled was New York City. I'm not kidding you, like that this place that like people think of as safe, blah, 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 blah. You know, I've walked Thailand alone, Cambodian islands, Israel, Egypt, blah, 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 etc. Like, the most frightened I've ever been was on the busy streets of New York City, okay? And so it's like as the world is not as big as we've been led to think, it's not as scary as we've been led to think, and it is so much easier to make friends. Like if you if you want to go alone but you're worried that you'll spend the entire time alone, which was like always such a big fear for me, um, 
it is so much easier to make friends when you travel than like when you are home because like when you're home everyone's doing their own thing they're living their own lives like some of my best friends were made like in a coffee shop like in England you know or in like some random country and we were both from two different places like met there right you just like if you see another woman on her own like eating dinner or whatever it's like a pretty good chance that you're going to have something to talk about because you're two both brave, incredible women who've decided to like travel alone kind of thing. And so it's just like, just strike up a little conversation, just like my favorite thing. Like if you want to like meet people while you're traveling is like complimenting them. Like, mm. I love your outfit. Like, where did you get that? It's such a good conversation opener. It's like chill where they can like wrap up the conversation really quickly if they want to, if they have somewhere else to go. But if they want to be like, like this girl that I met in Sri Lanka, right? Like same thing. We're in line for coffee. And like, I genuinely loved her skirt. I was like, I'm obsessed with your skirt. Where did you get it? She gave, it was like, I actually got it from Nepal. Like this like random man in like Polkara, Nepal, who like, you know, makes his own things. And then we sat down and had coffee and had like the best conversation about her travels in Nepal and like mm. all the places we'd been, you know? So it's just mm. like, it's, it's there's so many rich incredible opportunities out there in the world and if you feel that pull you know just start with something small my first solo trip was three weeks in New Zealand which is you know it's like a tiny bit different to Australia but it's like basically the same place but it was like a really good opening and so yeah start with something that feels small that feels easy and see it's not as tricky as like you know maybe we've built it up to be mm. um and if you don't always go home that's what I've always told myself like if I don't like a place I can just go home home will always be there um Mm. but yeah it's incredible it's changed my life so Mm. I would definitely recommend it if people are feeling the I love that too. And travel is definitely calling my name as well and there's something about traveling by yourself too it's just like it's almost like you can prove to yourself like wow I can do all these things that like when I'm at home it's I don't know, so much harder to do for some reason. Like, yeah, like you were saying, like talking to somebody in line at the coffee shop. That It's like, I think about that. I'm like, I would never really probably do that as much when I'm at home. But like, yeah, I think like that's why I love travel because it feels like I'm more in the moment and just like open to possibilities, um, which is so interesting to think about. But yeah, it's so true. And like, I also feel like, you know, a lot of us, it's like we're more afraid of that unknown of like what is that place going to be like or like what have people told me about that place then like we're afraid of the fear itself than like what is actually going to be there and then it's like you get there and you're like wow like you were saying like this isn't actually that scary this is actually pretty cool um i love that all right go out there and do it women if you want to if you have that desire Yeah. (laughs) yeah Okay, awesome. And so um, if you want to tell us about where people can connect with you, some of your beautiful offerings that you have, Heather's amazing um, human design teacher. I actually took a training with her and it was awesome. And a human design reader as well. Um, So yeah, if you want to share where people can find you, connect with you, learn with you. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for giving me the space to share. Um, So like Riley said, um, I'm a human design teacher. 
um, and reader. I'm not doing HD readings at the moment, um, but I'm sure I will open them up later in the year. Um, but yeah, so I have a human design reader training and like deconditioning practitioner program. Um, a, I also teach evolutionary astrology. Um, and then I also have just like a range of different classes and offerings and masterclasses and stuff that are just like based on things that I feel like teaching in the moment um, available on my website. And then I'm always like, always got new ideas and creations coming through. So best place to keep up is either my email list or my Instagram. Um, and so my website is, con what is it? Uh, heathermanhumandesign.com, but I'm sure that will be in the show notes. Um, and then my, I have two Instagrams. I have a personal and travel Instagram, which is just heathermanastrology. And then I have my business Instagram, which is relentless alignment. But yeah, um, always love to chat. So if you want to come say hi, they like Instagram is probably the best place to hang out. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Heather. It was such a pleasure. And thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. This was honestly so fun. Yay! And thank you listeners for your presence and your energy and your support. And wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, or night. And stay wild. <laughs>